We made yeah. a podcast for one reason. Raiden Shogun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Indeed. So to that end, do we want to get to uh, really talking about sort of the additions to uh, 2.1? Hell yeah. Well, yeah, so just as a broad overview, like, they're slipping in the teasers for Inazuma, and you get there, and boom. Not only a new story, it's like, this is a new Zelda game. Different environments, different environmental design philosophy, movement mechanics, puzzles, bosses, the quests, like... You're just doing different stuff, and unlike the stuff you've kind of been doing in Mondstadt and Liyue, this doesn't feel like a crapshoot. This feels like they know how people play this game, and they know what they would want to do, and they made their guesses based on that. So is there anything that like really kind of stood out to you in those early days of like exploring Inazuma? Yeah, I would say the vicious weather patterns and the number of barriers, like literal like actual like energy barriers um they, they, oh. i was just gonna say they did a good job of gating the content so that you didn't just blow immediately through it which yeah. is what, what you were able to do with monstan leeway yeah and i think that's also a product of sort of like the footprint of the island being so much smaller like the conscious decision to be like you need to complete these world quests if you want to access these components of the map um, otherwise, you might not be able to access them. If you can't access them, then you'll be miserable because you'll be fighting um, the ice fought we in the middle of the rain and have no way of stopping. No, straight up, I have not actually turned off the rain in my game still. I was trying to figure oh. it out earlier today oh, and then just didn't no. look it up. So that's still going. <laughs> hey, cool. If you want to stream that later, I'd, I'd watch. Yeah, it, it makes for some really good environment design. The grass is blowing, the wind is like, you know just making everything rustle it's very active lightning is dropping everywhere including in the middle of really important story quests you're hanging out at a shrine and then you get electrocuted for no reason it's great i love it <laughs> it's nice to get that get that get struck by lightning achievement if you haven't gotten it yet yeah, 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 there, yeah. there was a point in time where we were all trying to get that achievement because it was actually hard to get <laughs> yeah <laughs> imagine imagine uh, and, and to that end, i think that inazuma really does a good job with its environmental storytelling um specific to the island yeah. like each island essentially really does feel like its own sort of um microcosm with like its own design principles a little bit while still all being tied together under the same like broader thematic concept of um a fantasy japan and b uh lightning fantasy japan it is amazing how like not old Inazuma gets as you go around it like yep. like like you said like every island has like like because I'm just like okay like purple lightning fantasy Japan how much can you do with that well if you're smart and judicious a lot that, that was going to be something that I was going to mention too is like uh, uh, initially getting to Inazuma like the color for lightning in this world is purple because that's the electro element color and like you can immediately see upon getting to Inazuma there is like deep shades of purple, pink, blue, like, cooler color palettes just represented immediately to show you, like, this is the lightning country. It's so good. I love purple. So, like, we get there, I'm like, yes, I want to live here now. Yeah, it's definitely very sort of, like, Spyro, PS1, like, before people collectively gave up on color theory in games and then yes. started to rediscover it. Like, mm. 
this is definitely one of the most prominent instances of like really divining to um a palette that i can think of it's so good and the thing is i think that's actually been consistent across the entire game yeah. if you look yeah. at monstat versus liue i just think that because the colors present in inazuma are just so uncommon in terms of like how frequently um they're used that really stands out sort of in the uh 2.0 patch absolutely i just feel like the way things are laid out like, Mondstadt and Liyue are very spread out, but they do have very clean lines of navigation. Like, the sight lines are crazy good, but I think Inazuma, like, does that, but makes everything tighter, and I don't miss the space. I feel like none of the space is wasted, and, like, most of the islands double down on themselves and have, like, an internal or a subterranean segment that really, like, almost doubles the footprint. And, like, that kind of, like, delving down into it was what really, like, what I really loved about traversing Inazuma. Because it's like, all right, you got, like, literally shit happening on the surface, and then there is more underneath. And you were, like, seeing little snippets of intrigue as you go. And, like, that's very cool. It's, it, they've really started doing stuff with, like, their vertical space, which I think is sort yeah. of what they were... Like, it's not like it wasn't used before because, like, Liu, it was a lot of up and down climbing, like, cliffs and mountains and stuff like that. But, like, I think after Dragonspine, they started, it's, it's possible that, like, Dragonspine was, like, the turning point for, like, the, like, their whole vertical design bit. Because, like, mm-hmm. and, you know, you know something you see, like, a lot of stuff, like, way up in the air and, like, uh, just get around to, like, navigating around that is... An interesting experience. Um, in addition to all this, this, this stuff underground, <laughs> yeah, and the location having to navigate into the air underground. <laughs> so, yeah, it feels yeah. a lot more vertical and like, like control hitches aside, like the thunder spheres are great. Like, I love that we have a way to move upward without actually climbing. Like, it's fast. It's snappy. Mm-hmm. It's very like it's appropriate for lightning after all. Yeah. So, yeah lightning flash it definitely feels like essentially instead of taking the philosophy of really having it being like a terrestrial and gliding exploring game uh as it was sort of in monstat and liyue perhaps appropriately too given that like monstat is air aspected and liyue is ground aspected hence gliding and climbing um the traversal in in azumu really does feel just so incredibly specific to like it as a locality and i'm really looking forward to seeing like um what they do like to give other regions identities as well um just because like it's just so specific to inazuma i cannot see lightning spheres being something that's like going to be in other regions maybe yeah like all the puzzles are very like electricity conducting themed it's like this is the first time like you know we've had puzzles that are like you know, flip the element switch, but nothing to this degree. And it, like, it is exciting to think of like, what are they going to do in the Dendro region for, you know, with water, with fire, like they are being clever with this stuff. Yeah. Even just like the fauna, like they have like bioluminescent plants and like the Sakura are like tinged purple instead of pink. Like it's just, it's so cohesive. (laughs) require electro to harvest which is pretty cool i think yeah 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 
Like, even the Sealies, like, you know, zip around in comparison to a lot of the slower-moving ones we had seen up until that point. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. So, going to the 2.1 characters. We have Raiden Shogun and Sara, her general. Yes. Who has taken Sara for a spin? I have not leveled her, but like her skill is sort of interesting because it's like it's it's more of a movement skill than when it is like offensively oriented because it, it mm-hmm. like teleports you backwards a bit, which might actually be good for an archer given that like you don't really want things to be in your face as an archer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Her her skill operates in a similar vein to Ganyu's skill, where she drops her thing and then jumps backwards, and that gives you a little bit of distance in there. The problem is the thing she drops is like a buff, isn't it? Drops yeah, an and that's buff. if you have a C2, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I heard her described as a gorilla-type character, and they pop in, use their skill, and then just leave, which I think is typical of a number of characters. Uh, for example, Shinsho, um there are just, like, I think a wider range of uh, four stars that really kind of exist more as single-player supports, if that makes any sense. Totally. There certainly are a lot of characters that really benefit more from being in a uh, non-multiplayer session. I think her her gimmick is as interesting as it is clunky. Like, she shoots buffs away from her. You have to run towards them. She they might... don't last super long before you could switch to another character, and if you play controller like me and you fat finger them, then in the character switching cooldown you lose the buff, so... Oh, yeah. I was gonna say, she might actually be better for multiplayer, anyway. It's super interesting to think about characters that might be more designed for co-op. Like, she's cool, she's stylish, she has neat stuff going on. Uh, and, and to that end, I think that... They also kind of really knocked it out of the ballpark with her actual design. Yes. I feel like across the board with Inazuma, I was actually a little bit initially underwhelmed with a lot of the designs, which have since grown on me. But doing the wing pull to kind of like fully tie together the Tengu aesthetic definitely went a really long way. I I think that in terms of four stars, her appearance um, and bearing is really high up there. Also, uh, we recently learned via her friendship level story unlocks that her wings were mangled in an incident as a kid, and that's why she doesn't use them to fly. And now I feel bad for being like, why don't you do that instead of the glider, Sara? No one's allowed to have a happy backstory in this game. No. No one's allowed to have a happy backstory in Inazuma. That's true. That's true. I think a couple of my characters have happy backstories. Yenfei explicitly has a happy backstory. She got into a negotiation with Mihoyo and won. She's just that good of a lawyer. Oh, shit! No, we can't! We can't! That's too spicy! <laughs> Sorry. Speaking of spicy, it's time for the spicy Electro Archon herself. Our good Raiden Shogun. Miss yeah. A. 2.1 not only brought Raiden as a playable character, but the Archon quest also fully explained what exactly her deal is uh, as a person and personality. Really, the entire patch just sort of revolves around her. And I think that you really can cleanly divide opinions on her between sort of pre-patch and post-patch, just because we learn so much about her as a character. Raiden's history in the game is that of leak expectations on all levels, on her gameplay, on her story, 
and how they were all kind of subverted. Yeah, like this, this is actually probably the most interesting part about her for the historical context. The journey to really getting to know A as a person started off with an underwhelming character leak. <laughs> Who's this purple NPC? I was like, oh man, I was hoping for the Honkai, like, red Oni floating arm giant sword, you know, girl. And I think a lot of people were sort of in that same camp, knowing full well that that would be nightmarish to rig and get working in Genshin's 3D system. A big thing that we're always going to be talking about is the technical limitations of the game, like the fact that, you know, it's really hard to make skeletons for characters. And it's got to run on a phone. It's got to run yeah. on a phone. You know, there's a lot of reasons why MiHoYo would want to limit the character models to the five skeletal meshes that are currently playable in the game so far. So it makes a lot of sense that the Raiden would not be as detailed as her Honkai counterpart. Uh, did any? None of us have played Honkai, right? But you were privy to the design that she was based off of. Because, like, I didn't have a background in that, I, I played a little bit of Honkai, but, I mean, it was oh, mostly, like, you know, like, cross-pollination with, like, the various uh, forms or YouTube clip that would be thrown out somewhere. Well, and a lot of people noticed early on in Genshin that, like, oh, there are character design similarities between Venti and Wendy and a lot of other characters. So they were basing Gene and Saber. Uh, oops. Gene, oh, oops. Yeah. Who, who's Wendy? Uh, she's a character from Honkai. She's like oh. a... She she looks like a mean Venti. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> she looks like a mean, better Venti. But, um, so that's why they saw that and were like, oh, clearly character design elements are being carried over Oh, from... holy shit, she is. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so yeah. clearly character design elements were being carried over from Honkai to Genshin, especially in the Unknown God from the very beginning. That's very clearly like Kiana from the Honkai Impact universe. And then when it was announced that the leader of Inazuma was the Raiden Shogun, I think in Honkai, like her name is Raiden as well. Yeah, and Raiden, so were... Raiden May. Yeah, Raiden May. So people were like, oh, we're she's probably going to look like her. So a lot of the like leak expectations for that came from people who played Honkai being like, okay, this is what she looks like. We're probably going to see a lot of design similarities in the way that we saw them between other characters previously. Yeah. And to that end, like, during the summer event, we sort of got a sneak peek at the new world boss, who was, of course, the uh, samurai puppet, whose name also currently escapes me. The samurai. Yeah, the samurai. And he also sort of had design elements, which were very much like Raiden Mei, where he sort of had the uh, big bisected Hanya mask shoulder and um, was sort of like ambiguously mecha in a number of ways that were very reminiscent to Honkai. Yeah. yeah. And ultimately we got, uh, you know, the writing Just design a, we have a now. a nice grandma. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which was based on, you know, when your expectations are so astronomically high, it's easy to kind of look at that and be underwhelmed. Apropos yeah. of, you know. Yeah. yeah. But it's super fair. Like, only in hindsight where you're like, okay, her actual design, like, isn't really out of line with the rest of the Archons, who are just dudes in clothes. Well, I mean, the thing is, though, too, that if there was a massive turnaround once the actual initial trailer for Inazuma came out. And mind you, that turnaround, I think, in part, was because of, what got, like, of the need to sell the gotcha game. There was a pair was, of reasons. Yeah. 
which is to say people latched on to uh, how she draws her sword. She, she very obviously pulls the sword from her heart, you people. All of that aside, it, it was still something that was incredibly visually distinctive. So now Ryan's back in the game and everyone is, is thirsting for the Shogun. I think that really got people on board with being once again interested in her, not only from a design standpoint, but also as a character. Yeah, oh, she's a stone-cold killer. She manifests a spirit sword, and she's going to chop up a fool. You know, there there was one thing I did neglect to mention a little bit earlier, which was even before all of the leaks, there was still information about Raiden in the game, which was everybody talking up just how fucked Inazuma was as a nation. That was... Right, you were talking about the the, the vision hunt. Yeah. And Inazuma becoming a closed nation and stuff like that. Yeah, like everyone's like, oh, Vision Hunt Decree is happening over there. Uh, it's a closed nation, so it's going to be a while before you can get in, you know, about uh, seven to ten months or so. <laughs> but also, like, uh, one other detail that had come up in the story was, hey, we actually haven't seen any Electrovisions appear for a while now, and it kind of coincides with this Vision Hunt Decree, like this banning of visions in this closed-off nation none of us can get to that you know from all outsider accounts just sounds like the worst place in the setting so far yeah like we have that one uh inazuman npc in liue who like escaped on a homemade raft through the shogun storms because she's like it's a shithole over there it's real bad and so it is exciting to be like okay here's a place where the archon is probably going to be playable and she is not benign yeah, yeah, like yeah. up until then, it's like Venti's like, yeah, people of Mondstadt are free, and Venti's, you know, just hanging out, doing shit all, like, Thank drinking you. at the, Same. you know, the tavern, hanging out at the tree, you know, doing as one does, and then Zhongli uh, faked his own death to basically set up a deus ex machina for later that we're not at this point in time privy to, but is absolutely going to be pulled out uh, right when the plot needs it. The contract to end all contracts, as they call it. Um, but every god we had met in the setting had until that point been really benign and helpful and just generally a sort of fun party member to have in, in the cast, you know, hang out with and stuff. The Raiden was the first antagonistic one. The one that uh, everyone was like, okay, watch out for her. She's going to mess you up. I would like to argue that they're not necessarily benign. They've just not had any reason to like kick our asses there's plenty of lore already in game about how the archons like destroyed kainry <laughs> right yeah, yeah. and dane's leaf you know just... hates them uh, yeah, yeah yeah but i was just they're not necessarily benign they just have no reason not to like us until until they get to inazuma and then the right showman's like listen you can't be here <laughs> you're a stain on my eternity kiddo yeah so, so the Raiden's motivation is to create this nebulous concept of eternity within the nation, which takes the form of trying to keep a very rigid status quo and taking away visions because they're too... Like, did did we ever get an explanation for, like, how that really started? Uh, On the front side of her story quest, it's like, visions are too much of a wild card... And then on the back side of her story quest, it's visions, like, people are going to hurt themselves with these things. 
uh, I'm gonna put them on a shelf, and and you kids don't need to worry about them right now. Yeah, because it's it's like analogous to like the sword ban, the uh, like yeah. Meiji era sword ban. Was I think there was actually one beforehand. This yeah. one was based on. Uh, Got it. It is cool to hear like the historical parallels, because because like that's another thing. Inazuma feels researched. Like yeah. Liyue does too. It just doesn't execute it as much. Inazuma is steeped in authenticity. They really wanted to give this a folkloric and cultural Japanese flavor. Yeah, that. and to that end, I think that what's astonishing too is that it's not just from a monocultural, like hegemonic perspective. Narukami Island represents the shogun as a culture, but every other island sort of um, has its own series of stories and cultural myths which have to do with Narukami Island and the shogun because essentially she conquered them. But right, right. but they're still somewhat culturally distinct. And you actually literally feel that in a number of the characters. For example, like the ongoing conflict between um, at least an aspect of the resistance and the shogun. I would say there's a pretty clear division on, in like factions since the, like, the islands are split among the, the commissions and the Sangonomias. Yeah, and then it was either Yashiori or Kanazuka supposed to be kind of the no-man's land where neither spiritual entity has complete dominance. Yeah, yeah and it does ultimately play into the story as well later on, because um, to return to the Shogun as a character, the more we learn about her, while well, initially appears that she's very cold and distant, which she is, once you actually peek under the hood a little bit, a lot of her really is defined by being the result of these ongoing conflicts and really yeah, someone yeah. strove to unify their land only for to essentially gain nothing by doing so and in fact have lost a lot in achieving as much Ooh, yes which uh, i think really dovetails quite well with some themes that were established with zhang li a bit earlier on in liwei except for in zhang li's case while it was someone who was sort of gradually worn down by it with the Raiden, it feels like it was much more sort of abrupt. It's like, you know, the, the cessation of rock versus lightning. It's going to come faster for lightning. Yeah, yeah. And, and to that end, it was really thoughtful that they really did associate lightning with eternity. Because as sort of mentioned, even in game, it's not actually a good match between sort of the theme and the element. We kind of see that in the way that the islands react to the Shogun trying to enact Eternity. Where, like, there's the very small, like, cabal around her that are, like, on board because she is, and they're, like, deathly loyal to her, like Sara. And then you have, like, literally every other island that's being ripped apart and destroyed by war or, like, just the, the damage being done because of this decree. And, like, you see that because she is attempting something that is so against her own element's nature that it, it is literally tearing Inazuma apart. There was that, the quest chain about the roots of the Sakura tree. Is that the cleansing ritual? Yes, that one. Uh, like, where, like, it concludes with you fighting, like, literal cancer in its roots. <laughs> the, the... That's a good point. So are you saying that that's kind of like a sign of it being prolonged, like, past its time? I, yeah, it's like... It seems kind of thematically appropriate. It was mentioned during that quest line that this is a thing that they would have to do periodically because otherwise the, the tree would, like, just fucking die. It does suggest yeah. that it's not 
supposed to be still around. They did such a good job with the thematic resonance of just, like, everything to do with the region. They even said, like, and we know this is intentional, because they said in the dev stream, they're like, yeah, hey, guys, didn't you notice that lightning and cherry blossoms are both symbols of explicitly transient? Cherry blossoms are the cultural symbol of ephemeral beauty. They are meant to be something that fades from the earth quickly, and, like, here you go to a place where everyone is like, ah, it's like the cherry blossoms, which bloom forever. This is a sickly nation in stasis fighting against its own nature. And it's right. like, it's, it's just done super well. This idea of like lightning acting against itself, uh, against the inevitable like loss of itself, which, which, yeah. even, which even like the Lord of Stone has had to contend with as something as eternal as his element so like you get to something as fragile and, and brief as lightning and like yeah that's why the electro archon is going ape shit trying to preserve her eternity let's talk about the raiden's very first appearance which was yeah. uh merging uh tomo Yes. Really hard. So, um, for context, Tomo is the fan name for Kazuha's dead friend. We were all hoping to be a playable character for whatever reason, even though we saw him die on screen. Didn't happen in game, though, so there was still a chance. I haven't seen a body. Wait, no, but that. Hold on. We it's saw not a gonna be a body. <laughs> we saw a grave, but not a body. I saw, I saw a sword. A in, I saw a sword in the dirt. That would be the most yeah. five-dimensional move of it's like, yeah, he wasn't dead. He was just, like, Sleeping. teleported somewhere else. <laughs> I sent him to guys, Dairy Queen. We've literally seen the... Moose. The moose. Moose. Yeah, moose. So, yeah. So, like, like, just murk someone after we fought them in it's front fine. of the throne. And there were there was nothing left. She's fine, too. They're hanging out at the McDonald's play place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how, how is, how is she? Left. I yeah. don't think there would have been a body. <laughs> well, but wait, but... I thought I thought the body disappeared because of her innate element, not because the Muso. We it, need to see Raiden merc another dude. And yeah. That for way, science. like on the third one, we'll pay attention and we'll know. Exactly for science. For science. Who do we? Yeah. Who do we not like? Kaya? Can we throw Kaya in front of? Jesus it? Christ! Um, he's, he's pretty how about that lady who keeps asking me to cook for her in my commissions? Yeah, okay, yeah, oh. she's good too. Okay, I think we're getting a little off track. <laughs> yeah, there was so yeah, much yeah. stuff. Yeah, it, okay, yeah, yeah, back on track, back on track. It's a Raiden flavored episode, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Flow, go with the flow. I mean, it was a Raiden flavored patch. The entire story of Inazuma is kind of the story of the Raiden and what she's doing. Yeah, it's, this is how the Shogun got her grief back. Mm, yeah, exactly. Or how Concrete. the Shogun maintained her groove and it never changed whatsoever, no, sir. Yeah. It, yeah. How the Shogun got a slightly better idea than what she was doing. Only slightly. <laughs> and that's only because a dipshit from out of town ferried in her bestie into her mind palace. She hasn't really, she hasn't changed at all. And I do like that a lot. I like that so much. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that the Raiden as a concept while initially being presented as like a cold and unfeeling ruler, like as a concept of having her essentially be 
a sophisticated answering machine yeah, while yeah. her actual self is sort of in her own mind palace, I think was something really novel that I don't think I've seen in other stories. Just because, like, as we mentioned before, the story up until now has been fairly tropey. Leeway kind of began to move away a little bit from most conventional fantasy. But I think that um, a lot of where Inazuma just sort of completely departs from that and really becomes uh, something that's so incredibly specific to Genshin does involve the functioning of the Shogun, as well as how that uh, is represented in the story. Totally. So, <laughs> like like everything else to do with the Raiden Shogun, that reveal was preceded by leaks. And... The, like, we were, I, we were the, so worried. We were so part, fucking yeah, worried like, about that. Part of the joy, I think, I felt upon doing this story is how much it deviated from the leaks, because first thing that leaks is her voice lines... And that's what, and like, if the ripple goes through the uh, uh, the Genshin leak community, she has a split personality. And, like, up until then, we're just like, well, she's an antagonist, but she's also clearly going to be a playable character. How are they going to reconcile this? Like, is it going to be not her fault? Is she going to be possessed? Like, those are really lame. Uh, those are super lame. And I do want her to be culpable for this shit. And, like... Because villains are cool. Well, um, and also it bears mentioning that, like, Genshin, the concession for rolling characters, like, all the characters in your party still exist in the world. Like, they're just making time to join you on your adventures. But they still have, like, right. jobs. They're still doing things when they're not adventuring with you. And the one time we had a villain character actually join the party is just because he says that he's literally doing it for practice, is not trying very hard and is already kind of like a fight happy maniac so he gets away with like you know hanging out with you for a little bit so you know like with that concession in mind it's like okay why would the Raiden this lady who smites people and steals away the magical rocks that give people power why the fuck would she join your party what like is going to convince her to do that because right now she seems pretty set in her ways she tried to kill us yeah she and tries then, to kill you it's like and then, and then she takes you home and tries to kill you multiple yeah. times yeah yeah so it's like okay like what what series of events are going to lead to this and then we get the leaks and they're like the Raiden has a multiple personality and we're all just sitting here clutching our faces going like oh fuck no no the, the corniest like like it's like okay maybe fake grand order would pull this shit but like genshin don't and like this character has so much riding on her everyone is really hyped for riding shogun like this is the lamest most anime ass shit yeah like thank like, god it didn't turn out that way yeah because it turns out that like while she has a split personality sort of it's closer to being an autoresponder robot that she is not only aware of, but she tacitly approves of at all times because she programmed it and it responds in a way she would approve of. So all of the murders and stuff and all of the being complacent, she's aware of and approves of. So yeah, it's not even like it's something where she can wash her hands of it exactly. Um, yeah. It's still all on her. There's also the implication in her character quest later that, like, this was programmed at a time when she was much more, like, bloodthirsty and, like, I is think... more willing to kill than 
she currently is than the yeah. real A currently yeah, yeah. is. She created a robot duplicate of herself that she literally hides inside of that is supposed to just be like how she represents her personality as an unchanging android instead of like actually displaying any kind of humanity because that's like against her own principles. Right. Yeah, like, it's her on autopilot, kind of a snapshot of her at, like, a bad place in her life. So, like, um, I think the lesson here is, like, they say, like, don't do any major life decisions when you're depressed. And I think, like, coding a robot to be an autopilot for your own, like, soul is probably also something that you want to think about before you do. Mm -hmm. But again, it's like, it wasn't out of her control, not even once, like... It's just doing her homework for her. So she, like, that, like, she's still behind this. Yeah, she reduced her entire personality to a flow chart, said, okay, this is how I'm going to behave as my public-facing persona, and now I'm going to meditate on the nature of eternity to better figure out how to prolong everything in its current state without any risk of any kind of erosion or change. Yeah, and then, and then to that end... I mean, spoilers, but the, the manner in which they resolve the issue isn't by ever actually overcoming her physically or by her overcoming her ideology, just because she's so, even the real her is so rigid and so set in her ways that the only, like, way that they can actually get her to even remotely consider changing, even to the slightest capacity, is by, like, appealing to her individuality as a person and saying, uh, you're like, locking yourself away in the depression cage, and as a result, everything's going to shit. But more importantly, um, how are you doing? You should yeah. be better. Get, get you you want to go for a walk? You want to try some of this doggo milk? Yeah. Aren't you lonely? Like, talk to your friends more. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, she up. she's like, girl, you never call. Yeah, yeah like, uh, the, the line, and having it so that, like, her mental landscape literally changes just as proof of um, the validity of essentially Yai's claims about her. I think was especially ingenious because, like, as a friend, it just becomes so apparent that, like, um, Yai is essentially correct in her entire assessment of A, as well as her flaws. Um, yes. And to that end, I, I think really, like, the character who shined the most in 2.1 as well, um, contrary to how it initially appeared, wasn't Sanganomiya, but was actually Yai again. For sure. Who, um, pretty much, once again, made the Traveler her patsy in terms of um, actually getting Inazuma on a better track, at the very least. To be fair, she is a fox, so that's in keeping with the whole, like, trickster fox spirit lore thing. Yeah, yeah. And to that end, I actually think it's pretty funny how, um, over the course of the entire story, like, you continually exceed Yai's expectations in terms of how effective you're actually being. Like, if you look at the number of times she says that, it's like, oh, she has no faith in Just, anyone. The, the floor is so low. Yeah. Just, it cannot be lower. Yeah, she is the MVP. She is really the foil. Like, Kokomi never had a chance. The like, Traveler like, never had a chance. The Traveler never had a chance. Raiden literally all of a sudden, she's like, the Rebellion's there because I tolerate them. I'm a fucking god. Do you think I lose sleep because of these people? Do you think I lose sleep because of what the Fatui does? 
to my land, eternity is bigger than all of this. And that's what informs her complete lack of motion. Yeah. And then Yai's like, no, girl, you got to run your country sometimes and also see me. And then A's like, girl, I do. And then, like, everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and by everything fine. It's a No, everything yeah. else is horrible still, yeah. which is great because it's not, a, it's not a tidy, happy ending with the boat. Inazuma is reeling in the aftermath of this, like, very clearly. But A got a group back. And, like, good for her. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think like and, one... and if we want to talk about leaks or kind of worrying, I think one of the biggest things. Yeah, the co-opting is... of the plot by the Russians. Yeah, we yeah, were fucking right. worried about that too. Yeah, um, that was also something where um, the Fatui in two point zero are essentially a non-presence, sparring a number of throwaway lines about a character he can guess is Senor showing up on Rito Island. But otherwise, they are very conspicuously absent. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 they're kind of all hanging out near the Tataragami for some reason. But, like, plot-wise, the main antagonists, like, the guys who have really been at the forefront, are not present in the story initially for Inazuma. They were just sort of hanging out in a corner. And then, yeah, and then we saw the trailer, and there's a line Paimon has that was just, like... The Fatui were behind this? And then we also gripped our faces and said, oh, fuck no, again. Because yeah. Yeah, that would be such a boring, a lot of... you know, aspect to it. It would be terrible. Like, why, 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 why? But, but, but then. And they fixed it. Yeah. yeah. And then she was like, oh, the Fatui, yeah, I knew about that. Like, the whole thing hinges on this, like, oh, there's a sabotage up the communication chain. And the, the Raiden Shogun is not and being informed yeah. about the Fatui. And she's, then you go to A and she's like, Bitch, I'm God! I knew! I didn't give a shit! So I didn't tell my robot to give a shit. Yeah. And, like, to that end, I think that not only was the groundwork for the Fatui being behind it all, like, it seemed like it was going to be an ass pull for a period of time, but there was actually sufficient groundwork laid, not only sort of through uh, a number of background characters, but also through a number of in-world occurrences, like the Tataragami being very obviously sabotaged by them. Yeah. As well as um, what they mentioned among the Resistance, where a number of Resistance members are cited to be rapidly aging, which at first seems just like another run-of-the-mill example of one of the islands in uh, Inazuma having some kind of weird curse on it, but ends up actually being the product of a large number of Resistance members using delusions, which is also really a plot point both introduced and resolved, at least in the context of Inazuma in 2.1, where uh, they managed to actually introduce a named uh, NPC character that seemed to really affect people in Tepe, your, with your little buddy who um, uses his delusion too much and ends up aging himself to death. Like, a red shirt generic NPC done super well. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess to that end, like, the Fatui being behind it all this time, really, it, it felt like they sort of learned a little bit from Child in that they didn't make it quite as obvious. However, um, when you do get, sort of get the reveal in terms of how much they have been behind sabotaging Inazuma as a whole... Um, it, it doesn't feel completely out of the left field, even though um, everyone was afraid that it would be. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's also that fun little, like, 
tidbit about, I guess, the nature of Scaramouche. Yeah. Afterwards, that sort of makes it seem like this is kind of personal for at least one of them. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like, like, the Fatui involvement was coincident, like, totally incidental, except to drop the bomb that Scaramouche is a prototype ride puppet. Which I think... Because, like, it, it could have just been, like, oh, Kokomi's using, like, a cursed artifact to win her battles and the dudes are dying. But, like, like one of the points of contention about the 2.1 Archon Quest storyline that I see a lot with fans that I think is worth mentioning is that it makes Kokomi look like a fucking idiot. Yeah, she that, does have a um, character quest coming up. I literally saw yeah. on Twitter, like, minutes ago that uh, her story quest is coming out next, so that'll probably do, like, at least a little bit to redeem her in that yeah, sense. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying, too. Just, like, I understand, and she did look, like, really fucking stupid for not questioning. Like, even in this desperate backs-against-the-wall, like, suicide mission, she did look really stupid for not questioning her benefactors. But... Her story remains to be told. There's a lot yeah. of shit in Inazuma that we still don't know and will learn. This is assuming that they don't go they don't go the waifu date uh, route on her story. Yeah. Oh, let's let's talk about that too, because that's also yeah. something that I liked that was contentious was the fact that you take A out on a date for her Archon quest. Like, what the fuck else are you gonna do? Like, yeah, like, like we said, like we can't change her mind. She, like, nothing we do is going to make an impression on her. This is basically us doing a favor for Yai and kind of seeing how A is going to start navigating the world on its terms. And yeah. that, that way it felt, like, very real. I mean, it was, like, it was a little lighthearted, but again, like, Zhongli had two character quests. She's going to probably have two. But, like, it was actually a pretty effective character study for her. Like again, doesn't absolve her at all. Doesn't doesn't waifuify her. Doesn't even give her that much more humanity or compassion because she shows very little of like warmth to her subjects outside of just curiosity. Yeah, and, and like there, there's the part where she's basically describing the difference between her now and the autoresponder robot she made, and she's like, oh. Do you think that we're very similar? I mean, if I if the robot had been here, she would have just killed that guy. Like, yeah, and that was like a big change for her. Like it shows, like she she's eternity. She's gonna be slow to change. She's open to it. She's figuring it out. We're not gonna be the ones to convince her though, and like that's fine. You take A on her terms, and like I I did like that. This does show that she is the Raiden Shogun. Like when she's doing her business with the. Uh, with the Kujo clan, like, whatever that coup attempt was, like, that's, A is in full control, but she's, like, doing Shogun shit. So, like, it just underscores that it is not a split personality. It's just, like, an extended personality, almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I suppose there was also, like, the fun little, like, well, like I can't say fun, I guess, but, like, Certainly a parallel to like the vicious like political maneuvering and like in like the show the like the real life equivalent of the shogunate. Yeah, it's like oh she has to deal with this shit like a lot. Also, like she's also just another dipshit out of touch boomer like every other archon, which is great. Yeah. Like they kept the Raiden Shogun being like just as badass, but also established that she's a big fucking loser. Well the thing is too, like 
I think they did a really good job, like, walking a number of different tightropes. Because yeah. on yeah. one hand, she comes across as someone who's genuinely fearsome and imposing and, like, capable on one hand. On the other hand, she also comes across as someone who's, like, deeply out of touch, but not yeah. quite yeah. in the same way as, like, Zhongli. It feels like with Zhongli, it was kind of like, oh, it's, it's your goofy granddad dragon coming around again to, uh, like, look after his people. Yeah, yeah. with her, it feels like she has been genuinely isolated for, like, such a long time that she can't help but just, like, kind of talk her head and say, like, interesting to, like, uh, light novels and Dango and stuff. Sure. Yeah, and she's also, like, just the most obviously hurt. Like, she's lost her her sister and her friends. And, like, like Zhongli's scars are a little more nebulous, but she wears hers on her sleeve, and it really informs, like, what she does. But, yeah. again, at the same time, doesn't absolve her. Like, Yai says as much, like, you know, what, like, the, the fear that you have because of the pain that you suffered, like, it doesn't, it still doesn't serve you to act like this. Yeah, yeah. And nor does the story really beat around the bush about that either. They never really say, like, um, she's redeemed or, like, knowing her backstory somehow makes her less culpable, which I think is really refreshing. Because I feel like within media, there has been a lot of effort to be like, everyone sort of deserves their redemption moment, just because that's an arc that I think is very, like, rightfully popular. So to essentially have her do the full, like, um, I am a dumb bitch with terrible taste. I will never change. <laughs> I will never learn. Like... That's a promise. Yeah. yeah. And to have that be something that not only, like, she doesn't apologize for, but still kind of struggles with, I think, yeah. is really interesting. And, and I mean, like, I think the chief problem with her struggling with it is because it's, like, not only is she struggling against herself, but now she's also struggling against the autoresponder that she programmed. Yeah. yeah, she's like, this thing is very, very, very hard to change the code on. And... As we learn in her story fragments, I, if I'm parsing this correctly, the robot is designed to, if she goes too far from the path that she set and she cannot justify it to the robot, the robot will kill her and assume yeah. full control as the Shogun. And it does, like, have check-ins with her where it's like, okay, you're doing some, like, you're doing some novel shit. Um, this is all in service of your grand plan, right? Uh, if not, then, like, you're going to have to, you know. Yeah. You're doing some novel shit. Why is it novel? Why isn't it the same? What's going on? Yeah, Clippy's yeah. like, it looks like you've changed your mind. Do you need to, um, die? I'm checking your folders, and I'm noticing that there are no Eternomaniacs in here. <laughs> That's the new fan base name. Yeah. yeah. They're no longer riding mains. They're Eternomaniacs. Glory to the Shogun, baby. Yeah, like... They they managed to make her a gentler soul without making her an innocent soul, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And like, I just think that's really interesting. Like, there are so many things that want you to feel bad and, like, in a, a person who has done terrible things is still somehow, like, innocent or redeemable. So to just not do that is just, like, I can't yeah. stop talking about enough about how, like... Yeah, and then, like... And then, like, there's the people who, you know, I, I see a lot of a lot of the people I follow, fan artists on Twitter, who are like, you know, we wanted her to be this like stone cold badass killer, and we are sad that she has this, like, this softer side. It's like it's not really, 
it's it doesn't diminish it. It just gives her more depth. She's more interesting than she would have been if she was just kind of a like a typical stone cold killer. Yeah, like yeah. I, I am I am shocked at how well they were able to take all of our worst fears and sort of maneuver through all of them in such a way where the end product was definitely more than the sum of its parts versus like all of the tropiness. Another thing that like the leaks insinuated that spooked us is like, oh, she's not the real Shogun. And I think there's like that anxiety of like, I rolled for her. Are you telling me this isn't the Archon? This isn't the Shogun? But like she is. She just is yeah. she just isn't the first one and she isn't technically ball, but she is she's literally her sister. She's a contemporary. She is the Shogun. She holds that power. She's the Archon. Like she is yeah. everything that her box said she is. She's just her original demon name isn't Ball. That's yeah, the there's a, there's a so many and layers. It, yeah, and it's even that... better because her name is Beelzebul, which works with Scaramouche into a whole Bohemian Rhapsody reference. Yeah, completely. <laughs> He's the devil put aside yeah. for her. Uh, uh, I don't how. Uh, I don't remember if this is true or not true or not. I don't remember how accurate this is. If I remember correctly, I don't think Beelzebub is actually in the 72 Arth Goetia naming convention. Isn't it, it is... like, it's an alternate <laughs> reading, right? Of you know, it, it is derived from Ball, though. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I really do appreciate the layering of it, though, because we know from talking with Zhang Li in an earlier patch that she's not the first Shogun. But then, like, the in-game lore seems to contradict that because they essentially talk about her as not only being eternal, but essentially, like, mention exclusively her there, there yeah. doesn't appear to be a changing of the guard they talk about what she's doing in the archon war and they're like our raiden shogun who as you know unified the islands during the archon war it's like wait what yeah and then when there was a leak that she had a split personality it's like okay well how much how many levels of fraudulence are involved is yeah, she well not is she not the first Archon and then she has a split personality or is one of the split personalities the original Archon exactly. somehow? And then essentially, like as Break previously mentioned, that, that was just something that could have gone wrong in so many ways. And yet for them to come out of it with such an original like means of having it so that um, it's essentially her creating a false robot personality as a means of like dealing with the death of her sister like and assuming that responsibility while simultaneously completely neglecting it like yeah because like that's that's another thing other uh, it's like they're explicit that like a is not a state figure she like she was a kagemusha she did the dirt she was out there killing while her sister ran the country and she is way less equipped to govern than makoto was and I think that's, like, also kind of why she struggles to, like, keep her nation afloat. This is why yeah. you never put the wet work guy in charge. Exactly! She's like, I don't know, I just invented, like, Bushido? I can't run the country. Yeah, like, literally living in the shadow of her sister, as she implies in her whole, like, animatic. She mm -hmm. is literally a ninja samurai robot god. Yeah. yeah. Lich! She's also a lich! Because she put her soul in the sword and put the sword in the puppet. Like, many different hats. Yeah, and I think that, like, it's really a testament to their skill that, like, they were able to put it together in a way that 
makes sense. Yeah, that, that entire, sounds stupid. Yeah, if, that entire statement is just wild. Yeah, like, if, if before 2.1, if you told me, it's like, yeah, she's actually, like, a puppet of herself, and she had a twin sister. I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> but it's then like, you, you get into it, and it's like, this is so good. It ties into the themes of shit. It ties into the themes of the whole game, and it sets stuff up. It's like, this bond she had between her and her sister parallels the Traveler and their uh, sibling. And, like, it just shows how these celestial twins have this bond that, like, just transcends anything else on this Earth. And, like, what would happen if you lost that? Well, and I yeah. love the, the character design changes between, like, pre-Makoto death and post-Makoto death in Raiden, where, like, we see the sleeves... Yeah. Where, like, she literally wears her loss on her sleeves. Pre-Makoto, she has both of her sleeves rolled up because she's the one who's doing the dirty work. And then after Makoto dies, uh, Makoto had both of her sleeves down. And then after Makoto dies, one of her sleeves goes Oh, down. fuck! Oh, Man, yeah, and also, uh... like, Makoto wore, like, the light kimono and she wore a dark one. And now she wears, like, an ombre. Yeah. Yeah. Like, holy fuck. It's... And then, like... Like, her and Makoto and the Shogun puppet make the three Mitsudomoe of the Electro Sigil. Like, they are the three, like, souls that have been the Raiden Shogun. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. fuck, man, it's so good. Like, the biggest thing that you could almost call an ass pull would be, like, the god puppets, but they did lay that groundwork with Magu Kenki, with Scaramouche, and I think this is not going to be the last we see of this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, especially with um, Dottore in the background, like, seeking to create a human that can surpass the gods. I think that it's likely that between Sumeru... I, I would be very surprised if we didn't see him in Sumeru, um, just because his backstory ties into that a little bit. Totally. Um, I, I'd like to argue the point that I don't think the, the Shogun Shell necessarily has a soul, but the... Um, I think there was like uh there's like a thing about the whole like the split between like the body and the soul. I think Shintoism... Mm. I guess you could translate soul to mind. Oh, huh. so her mind is set. Yeah, you could you could argue that. I will I will say though that the Shogun puppet is a character. No, oh yeah, no doubt about that. I'm just I just think that the um, like considering that the Shogun puppet was created, there's a question of whether or not the the puppet would have a soul, but a mind. Yeah, I'd say like the automatic response, like programming, probably yeah. counts as a mind somehow. Yeah, and, like, the auto-response is sophisticated enough where she has her own, like, you know, she, like, she has agency. Like, she does talk to you at the beginning of the quest, and she's like, I'm just walking in a circle because the bitch disabled all my functions and I can't run a country. I don't know. And I, yeah. I do like just seeing that little snippet of, like, the Shogun's own thing. It was Yeah, it was so good that it's, like, I kind of want to see, like, even more than... I mean, like, like we're we're basing like the notion that she's going to have a second like character quest off of Zhang Li getting two of them. Yeah, those were pretty far like between each other, so it might one like you know be a while before that even happens. But two, like, she kind of needs more. Like, there's a lot going on with her. We we kind of like all sort of like agreed on doing the podcast because of how much like you know was going on with like Inazuma as a country, but also like with just her you know at this point yeah, yeah. like there's so, like her entire character teaser trailer is all shit we haven't seen before and it's like i hope that manifests in game which is yeah. a good segue into the storytelling through like artifact descriptions what we are 
what we're calling the Dark Souls style storytelling.